Well, good evening, CFC family. Good to see those of you that I'm able to see. I um, want to encourage you to, if you haven't already, to uh, grab your Bibles or open your Bible apps or whatever you need to do uh, so that we can be in God's Word together. And we're going to be in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's turn there. And um, many pastors, scholars believe that the book of Hebrews is actually a, a sermon. Uh, maybe you've not heard that before, but it, it reads more like a sermon that was written down than, than a letter. And so he's exhorting his listeners, and he wants them to endure. He wants to challenge them in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of trials, to persevere. Because the Christian life is exhausting. And any of us who may feel like, nah, the Christian life's really not that exhausting. <laughs> Maybe we're not really being very Christian. I don't know. But if you've been a Christian for a while, you can tell it's tough. You don't always feel like doing the things you should be doing. And it's not always easy to stop doing the things that you should stop doing. And so it's spiritually exhausting. It's challenging in many ways. Uh, even in this time of uh, this isolation that we're experiencing now for many people Sundays they're already experiencing isolation it's like we get a double whammy we're missing a, a big chunk of our lives with not being able to gather with our uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, it, it's hard it's it's a hardship that we that we're experiencing now for sure and whoever wrote Hebrews uh, is encouraging his listeners to endure it. And so let's, let's take a look at that, and we're going to see uh, how the cross uh, is central to our ability to endure uh, an exhausting road ahead of us. So Hebrews chapter 12, if you look there, verse 1, it says, uh, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, people that have gone before us, people that have endured, lived the life of faith, since we're surrounded by them, cheering us on, looking on, they're witnesses to Christ, they're witnesses to the ability to endure. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So the metaphor that he puts in front of us is the metaphor of a race. And uh, I've heard of people talking about a runner's high, I've never heard of it. I mean, I've never felt it. I've never been out running going, wow, I just want to keep going. I just, it's so euphoric. Uh, it's hard. It's exhausting. My knees hurt. You know, I can't breathe. Uh, the, the metaphor of the race is opposite, I think, of the metaphor that describes maybe our lives sometimes. A stroll, a leisurely walk. Uh, wear life, a life is good t-shirt, right? And, um, you know, just take as many vacations as you can, uh, keep calm and fill in the blank, right? But the, the metaphor of a race is arduous, it's difficult, it's a grind, it's exhausting. And he's saying, that's not weird, that's what the Christian life is. Uh, so when things get hard, don't give up. It's a race. 
you know, a, a runner wouldn't give up because it's so fast. People are passing me up. Ugh, it's uphill. Never mind. Like, no, that's that's what you signed up for. So he's encouraging them by helping them understand that there's a normalcy to difficulty. And actually, when life isn't difficult, that's not normal, right? What's normal about the Christian life is that it's hard and that it's a race and that you endure and that you push and you strive and you run uh, without growing weary. So he wants us to understand the difficulty of the Christian life uh, by thinking of it as a, a race and not a stroll. Uh, and even right now, I think um, you might think of various difficulties, but one of those that he puts in there and makes really clear is that the difficulty that we bring on ourselves, right? We make it harder when we disobey. We make it harder when we um, mess around with sin. And I think that's one of the ways that we get weighed down. He says, uh, let us lay aside every weight. What kind of weight? Well, the sin that clings and sticks to you and drags you down and makes it hard for you to run the race, right? And that, that's what's tricky about the Christian life is we feel like it's really, really hard to not sin. And it is. And the lie is if I just give in right now, at least I can go focus back on my work right? That temptation knocking, that thing that's making me feel distracted right now. If I just give in right now, I can just kind of get back to work and get back to the things I'm doing. The more you do that, the more it weighs on you, the harder it is to run the race. Uh, it, it takes a, an ill effect. It's like a runner trying to run a race and he keeps putting clothes on. You know, I, I remember um, one of my first years living in Chicago living on, on campus at Moody Bible Institute there and, and walking across Well Street. And I just see the entire road is littered with clothing. There's gloves and jackets and hats and, and pants. I'm like, uh, did the rapture happen? And I, did I just get left behind? I don't know what's going on here. What's the Chicago Marathon, right? They start early, it's cold. And as they're running, they start stripping the stuff off. And I'm like, this stuff is nice. I, was, I started looking for my size. No, nah, not really. But they just didn't care what the stuff costs, right? They just threw it off. They're not going to carry this because they're in a race. And the, the metaphor in front of us is like, hey, it might feel great in the moment. It's going to kill you. It's going to derail you. It's going to drag you down. You've got to cast those off. And so your mind might be thinking about certain things that you are caught up in, things that you haven't quit, things that do cling closely to you and you haven't killed it yet, uh, you've got to kill it because it just makes the race harder. And so uh, you can already hear his sort of fatherly tone right now, I guess a coach's tone. Uh, he's not laughing at you. He's not mocking you. He, he wants you to run and he wants you to run well. And he knows that what it takes to run well is to cast off sin. And so he tells us that there's a way to do this right? There, there's a way to run this race. And the only way to run this race with endurance is to change your perspective on hardship. When the race gets difficult, you've got to change your view of hardship. So he wants to give you a different perspective. The, the first way he does that is by prompting us to adopt a Jesus-focused perspective. Look at verse 2. He tells us to run this race that's set before us, 
by looking to Jesus. Why Jesus? Well, because he's the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So there's a couple things going on here. And one is that uh, he's, he's not just a model. Look, he ran the race. You can run the race. Look, he, you know, he defeated sin. You can defeat sin. That, that's true, but that's only true because of the perfection that he provides, right? He, he doesn't just run the race and look back at you and, look, I did it. You can do it too. Well, you can't do it without him, right? We can do nothing apart from Christ. The only reason why we can ever be content in difficult circumstances is because uh, Christ's strength works in us, uh, as Paul makes clear in Philippians 4 or 3. So uh, the founder part and the perfecter part is not just that he went ahead in front of us, but he also has done something so that now we can run the race. There's something that he's doing there to perfect our faith. Uh, but he also does put Jesus as an example, right? The, the joy that was set before him. Uh, some people think that means he, he, he's like, I'm not going to enjoy what I'm supposed to be, what I could be enjoying, and instead I'm going to do the cross. Uh, but I think the best way to understand this is that he sees that a, a joy deferred, right? There's a joy that's going to come, and what's that? Seat, seat, being seated at the right hand of the Father. But how does he get there? He gets there by running the race first. You don't just get a crown, right? This is not a trophy for everybody metaphor. This is you finish the race, you get a trophy. You conk out with three feet to go, you don't get the crown. You don't get a trophy. You have to endure. You have to persevere into the end. Five different times this sermon, if Hebrews is a sermon, five different times there's a warning there about not finishing, right? About falling away. Uh, and so we, we see here, he's saying, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, right? He went all the way, and he took pain upon him. So we think about the times where we kind of throw away, throw around like Christian cliches, like, well, take up your cross and follow him. Yeah, th think about what a cross is for, for, for discipleship to mean taking up your cross, uh, it's execution. I th think of the phrase excruciating pain, right? That, that means like I'm on a cross, being stretched out on a cross, pain. That's, that's what that means. And so he's saying, look at what Jesus did. It, it wasn't a leisurely stroll, right? What Jesus accomplished and what Jesus invites us into when he says, come follow me, is a really difficult race. And we'll never, we'll never endure it unless we see that this is what Jesus was all about to begin with, so that when Jesus says, follow me, that's what we're following. We're following him into a race. We're not following him into a spa, right? We're not following him into sort of a, a, a flowery field of a, a meadow, um, kind of just a serene image, but rather a difficult, arduous race. And so, yes, it's exhausting. Yes, it's tough. Uh, you might be sick of being... Uh, hold up with your own family. Uh, you might be sick of Zoom calls. Your eyes might be tired because of all the screen time. Uh, you, you might have taken a hit financially uh, in this time. Um, you might be given to anxiety because you're not sure how long this is going to last and you're not sure which uh, experts to listen to. 
you might be freaking out because you think the government is taking power that the government isn't going to give back. You might be thinking they're going to let everybody else move back, uh, go back to normal. But now that we've got churches not meeting, we're going to keep, you know, keep the pressure on churches. And listen, I, I personally don't think that's what's happening. But even if that's what's happening, that's normal. That, that's the normal Christian life. In fact, if you're reading through the book of Hebrews, the main thing that the author clearly has in mind in terms of hardships is persecution. So uh, that, that's normal. It's normal uh, for the Christian life to be difficult, not just because of our own sin, but the, uh, the hardships that are put on the Christian as they were put on Christ. That's why he endured the cross, because light came into darkness and darkness hated the light. So darkness killed it. Right. Uh, so that's the model. That's what we've been invited into. Look at verse three. Consider Jesus, him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. You see that? How are you not going to get tired in this race? Well, what perspective? What should you consider? Think about dwell on. So that. You have the strength to keep going. Well, you've got to look at Jesus. He endured hostility, right? He endured pain. And look at verse four, real cheeky. In your struggle against sin, you haven't resisted yet to the point of shedding blood. He's still in coach mode. Are you bleeding? You're not bleeding yet, right? Have you been flogged? You're not naked. Yeah, yeah, you haven't been to the mall in a while. You still have clothes? Relax, right? And so so he's 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 trying to put things in perspective for them to say you haven't quite have it, had it as bad as Jesus. You haven't had quite the hostility that Jesus had experienced. You can do this, you know. This is this is uh this is something that God God is not asking you to run a race that is impossible, but in Christ because he's gone ahead of us, it's possible. Endure by looking to Jesus, not looking at how your stocks are doing, right? Not looking at anything else for sustenance, but looking to Jesus who endured hostility, such hostility against himself. And when Jesus is our focus, we won't grow weary. So if we're growing weary, we might be losing focus of what Jesus really is all about. And instead, we might be thinking of a Jesus that doesn't quite match what Scripture says Jesus is, or who Scripture says Jesus is. And so he endured the shameful cross. That's how he ascended to victory. That's, that's the Christian road. We endure difficulty, even hostility, and there's victory in the end. Um, and so he's, he's doing what's necessary for us to run this race. The other thing we need to adopt in terms of perspective is we might think uh, we're looking to Jesus to run this race, uh, but all the hardship, it makes it feel like God doesn't want us to win this thing. You know, it, it, it can feel like there's so many things stacked against you that God is just going, well, let's see if this will derail them. Let's see if they'll quit now. How about now? Maybe you'll quit now. You know, like kind of like some of you when you were trying out for a team in high school and you just felt like the coach was making the tryout so hard, he was just trying to get some people to drop out. 
make the decision easy for him, right? And you might feel like the father is just kind of like, look, heaven's getting kind of full. I can't elect everybody. Let me just see if I can unleash a virus on the world and see who can quit. But 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 the the author of Hebrews going, oh, if you have that perspective, you'll definitely quit. That's not what God is doing. So not only do we need a Jesus-focused perspective, we need a father-focused perspective. Look at verse five. And you have, and have you forgotten? So this is a, he's he's reminding them now of something they should have already learned. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And so here he's quoting uh, the Old Testament saying, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Do not regard the Lord's discipline lightly, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son or daughter whom he receives. Chastises, right? Disciplines. Uh, reproves. So, so he's saying, don't forget the fact that the Lord disciplines not the ones he hates. The Lord dis doesn't discipline the ones that are already out. He disciplines the ones that are in. You know, uh, he, he, he's using hardship to train you, to correct you, uh, to fix the things that are wrong in your life so that you can run better. He doesn't want you to quit. He wants you to make it. And actually, when he makes the race hard, he's preparing you for other future legs of the race that you won't be prepared for unless you endure what he's putting in front of you now. And so he's using discipline and hardship. The author of Hebrews isn't saying, look, it's not really that hard. It's not really difficult at all. No, it's difficult. Like you're not bleeding yet, but I get it. It's still difficult. But God is using that difficulty as a father training a son. And so he moves from a coach, uh, uh, kind of a coach mode to uh, training a, a runner, using a metaphor now of a father training a son, a child, a kid in the home. Uh, the, the, the kid of the child or the child would of course find it much easier to live a life where you get up when you want, you go to bed when you want, you eat whatever you want, you play as many games as you want, you only do the homework you feel like doing. But we all know that kid can grow up to be a loser, right? Doesn't know how to do chores, doesn't know how to get dressed, can't clean up after himself. So what are you supposed to do as a father? If you love that child, you discipline them. You don't just go, I don't know, I suggested he clean his room, but you know, like a, a father is going to get in there and be like, hey, I know it's hard. It's not fun. Chores aren't fun. Uh, this is life. And, and it's the father who loves the child that exacts discipline so that that child can grow and be trained and do what they're supposed to do. And so that's the, the, the metaphor that the preacher is switching to now by saying, yeah, sometimes God is going to chastise you. And you might feel like God is chastising you because he hates you. You might feel like God is disciplining you or giving you hardship because you did something that really displeases him. Uh, you might have done something that displeases him, but it's not because he hates you that he's chastising you. If he hated you, he would just let you do whatever you want. But because he loves you, he's going to bring in challenges in your life. And so um, whatever hardships 
we're facing now, even in this whole COVID-19 thing, man, God is loving on us. He might be exposing things that we didn't think about before, things that we took for granted that he wants us to pay attention to. Uh, there are all kinds of ways that we can be trained and disciplined, even in the difficulty that we're facing now. And this is the same father that sent Jesus to the cross, right? There's something great that he's accomplishing through the pain that Jesus endured on Good Friday. And the same thing for Christians. We're going to endure hardships, but he's doing something with it. Uh, the, the whole reason for him doing it is love. As he says in verse 6, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And this whole aspect of discipline is uh, central to this passage, right? Because in verse 7, he says it, it is, it's for discipline that you have to endure. The reason why you, you have to endure is so that you can have better discipline. God is treating you as sons, as children. Verse 7, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? And some of you might be like, well, I know some, I know some parents that don't discipline their kids at all. Well, he's assuming good parents here. And what good parent would just not discipline a kid at all? Well, of course they would. So what's the result if it doesn't happen? Verse 8, if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. So think about that. The hardship you experience as a Christian, it's not a badge that God is against you. It's the opposite. It means you're a child. It means you're, you're in the house. You're a child of God. And he, it's a sign of his love on you that you're experiencing discipline. In verse 9, he says, besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. You may not, not have respected them in the moment, but hopefully one day you grow up and look back and like, man, I'm really glad my parents didn't just let me do whatever I wanted. And you realize in retrospect, they were loving you by giving you rules. And so he says in verse nine, we had earthly fathers who disciplined us. We respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live for our earthly parents disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them but he our father god he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness he wants us to be holy and for in order for us to be holy he can't just let us cruise through life he has to make it difficult he has to make it challenging so that we can endure so that we can grow in holiness. And he says in verse, uh, verse 11, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Right? Nobody loves, well, some people love cleaning their room. <laughs> for the most part, chores aren't fun. And you might have a job that you really love and you love going to work and that's great. But even in those situations, there are days where it's just hard. It's hard to, to, to do the work that you're, you're supposed to be doing. Uh, the things that are difficult uh, are not always um, pleasant in the moment. 
I remember a couple of years ago, Tina posted a picture of her and I at like some CrossFit event and the look of pain on our faces. We had a family member that chimed in like, why on earth would you put yourselves through that? And I was looking at the picture and I'm like, yeah, you know, in the moment that did not feel good at all. Well, we're doing it for the, what happens after that moment, right? You, you don't, you don't, um, if you're pushing yourself to do something difficult, uh, whether it's physical or mental, right? If you're pushing yourself to do something difficult, you're doing it for the result. But if you, as soon as it gets a little tough, you kind of back off, you won't get the result, right? If you only exercise to the point of not sweating, you're not pushing your body to be able to handle more. Um, you know, and that, that works with spiritual disciplines as well. I mean, if, if you only read light material, you'll never read in-depth stuff. You've got to kind of push yourself to move a little deeper. And so that's just how life works in, in, in every arena. And in the moment, it doesn't seem pleasant all the time. It might even seem painful. Uh, but later, it yields the peace, the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You have to allow these moments to train you. And it might feel like chaos now, but the result is a peaceful fruit of righteousness. So this text is calling us to uh, endure, persevere. And the way to persevere is not by looking more into yourself. The way to persevere is not to look yourself in the mirror and give yourself a pep talk. Uh, think about how awesome you are. The way to persevere is to change your perspective, to adopt a Jesus-focused perspective and recognize that, wait a minute, I'm supposed to pick up my cross. That's heavy and it's, and it's, it's weighty and people are going to hate me for it. I'm going to be hated. Uh, and even if this country starts, uh, you know, clamping down on churches and arresting us for meeting, even if it did that, that's normal. And that's, that's part of the hardships that Christians have had to endure from the beginning. Um, and the only way to survive something like that is to look to Jesus, who is a cross bearer, right? He is a, a, he is a hardship endurer, and that's what he invites us into. And the moment we think that the reason why we have to endure stuff is because it's a sign of God being against us, we need to remember that uh, the reason why Jesus endured that is because God loved the world, not hated the world. And God uses hardship and difficulty to demonstrate to you that he does love you, right? And he's putting things in front of you so that you can be trained by it. He wants you to get better. He wants you to get back up. He wants you back in the race. He wants you running. He wants you pushing harder and striving. Even if you feel like you can't do it, lean on Christ. Fix your eyes, not on yourself, but fix your eyes on the one who does perfect your faith. And that's God the Father through the work of Jesus Christ. It's a real you can do it, uh, but it's based on the work of Christ on Good Friday. So as we think about uh, the cross, we're challenged to press hard, right? We're challenged to live leaning into the race, not slowing down, not growing weary, uh, on your own time, I encourage you to continue to read this, this, <laughs> this passage 
where he wants you to, you know, lift your, your hands that are drooping in verse 12, strengthen your weak knees uh, in verse 12, make your path straight, uh, stop living a life where you're, you're like lame, not lame like when teenagers say something is lame, but like your, your limbs don't move uh, uh, or, limb, or joints that are, you know, put out of joint. So he, he wants you to stop running the race like you're broken and run the race like you're a healthy athlete with everything in working order. How do you do that? Focusing on Christ, understanding that what Christ endured and invited us into is a sign of God's love on you, not his hatred toward you. Uh, discipline and hardship is God's way of training us for what we're supposed to be.